Welcome. Welcome. It is 6.54 p.m. <clears throat> oh, is it? I'm... It, I'm now separated by three minutes between these two clocks. I, I launched because I said 6.57 on one. I forgot to check the other one. I don't know which one's right. But either way, we are together. Whether it be late, early, or just about on time, I'm happy that you, are, uh, you found me again. And uh, tonight's program is going to be pretty great because we have front-loaded a lot of news and some other things that we can talk about, just general topics, and, um, and maybe a couple of calls in that first hour. <clears throat> I also have a, a pretty interesting astro chart, astro reading that came in about eclipses and war and Ukraine and Russia and all that, so I'll, I, maybe I can get that into the mix at some point, but around... Around 8.05 p.m., just after the intermission, we're bringing on Kathy O'Brien. Kathy is an author, uh, a public speaker, and MK Ultra survivor. And I want to talk to her about some really interesting topics. Namely, the midterms. And then I want to get into the idea, the methods of either deleting or implanting memories and whether or not the role of the, an exorcist is, um, is useful in uh, recovering from satanic ritual abuse. I want to I talk about that, all of the upside and the downside. So <clears throat> that's it. I love this song, Conquest of Paradise. Um, and that's where we are right now. So it's it's a nice little night over here in New York. It's crisp and dark already, and we haven't even turned the the clocks back yet. Then it'll be pitch dark by 6.57 in about a couple of weeks from now. Pitch. Black as pitch. And, uh, and away we go. All right. Well, thank you to uh, my sponsors, BlueMonsterPrep.com. They're a wonderful, wonderful people, wonderfully useful array of items and services that you have to go and check out on QuiteFrankly.tv. Uh, no. Well, yeah, you can find them QuiteFrankly.tv on the affiliates page. Uh, they're also linked below in the episode description, and they're going to help you get ready for literally any catastrophe that could come our way, either sent by man or by God, or by God. Although there's uh, there's there's only so much they can do if an attack from God arrives. That's just gonna just gonna have to take that one on the chin like the rest of us. But um, but yeah, BlueMonsterPrep.com. They have been serving members of this audience because they are members of this audience for a couple of years now. And uh, I know many of you have been able to take steps in really significant ways to alleviate yourself of the stress of, you know, <clears throat> what if scenarios when it comes to food and water and backup communications and, and backup energy, all that stuff. I know that many of you guys have, uh, have taken some time and slowly but surely taken out a, a real tangible insurance policy that you can keep track of. So go and check them out. Ask for Pat and Gina and use promo code frankly. All right, into the grab bag. <clears throat> 
Just remember, tomorrow is Timothy Alberino. We'll be talking about cryptids like dog-headed men and cat people. And then we have Rich Barris coming on the show on Monday, the 24th. On the 25th, I'm going to at least be doing a short segment with Tyler William from Secret Nature CBD. Because I, I, I want to talk about cannabis just a little bit. That won't be a whole show. Um, but it'll be great to finally have him on, especially since they've been a longtime sponsor at this point. Jay Gulinello comes back on the 26th. Talk about cleanses and, and uh, how the health retreat went and a few other big topics for the 26th. On the, on the 27th, Brooks Agnew comes back. We're talking about Antarctica, UFOs, other hypothetical situations with, you know, uh, world transitions into different power sources. And if we really were taking steps into a new bright future and not a post-industrial feudal society. <clears throat> Then on the 28th, we have John D'Souza. Many of you who have been watching this show for a while remember John. It's He hasn't been on in uh, almost two years, I think. John D'Souza, retired FBI. A lot of his uh, paranormal investigations on behalf of the FBI uh, became the subject matter for the first season of The X-Files. But he's a paranormal investigator who just recently wrapped up some work with David Politis on a latest installment of Missing 411 that has to do with the UFO connection. Very interesting. Can't wait to talk about that. Maybe that night we can sprinkle in a little strange things we've seen in the woods stories, which we've been collecting on the forum on quitefrankly.tv. Then on the 29th, which is a Saturday, last Saturday before Halloween, in studio, me, my father, <clears throat> and maybe, maybe Nick, I think maybe Nick Gianta who played Duke in the movies, in the horror film Spookies. I, I might have two cast members from the horror film Spookies in here to watch Spookies on that Saturday night. Then on Sunday night, I'll play Spookies. We'll have like a uh, War of the Worlds, because it'll be the, the 30th is the War of the Worlds anniversary. Spookies and everything else is uninterrupted. And on the 31st, Halloween, it's open lines, spooky stories, and Robert Phoenix will pop in for an Astro update. And uh, I think that should be a fun time. After that, it's all election prepping. We got a primer day, the day before election with Rich Barris. Election day, revolving door of guests. I'm working on a, a bunch of people you already know and maybe some that haven't been on the show yet. But we won't be live too late that night. I think I might go live from about 7 to about 10 p.m., maybe stretch it a little bit beyond that. But I'm not flirting anywhere near midnight like we used to, only because... I'd rather be home safe. Then I don't know what the hell they're going to pull, and I'm not going to lose sleep when I have to come in the next day. I'd rather just start my day off uh, normal if we're not going to get any definitive results for you know days afterwards with all the same old bullshit, um, which will be a part of the topic for tonight. <clears throat> in fact, let's jump into our grab bag. Because here's the first thing up. James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, they've done a little bit more. They've caused some problems for New York City, especially Eric Adams at this point. A top aide, where they, they always try to downgrade to just some kind of like, you know, paper pusher and you know, a coffee gopher. And, but anyway, Project Veritas Action released. This is off of free uh, Citizen Free Press. 
Project Veritas Action released a new video today exposing New York City Mayor Eric Adams' difficulties in handling the ongoing migrant crisis. Chris Bow, one of Adams' top aides, has recorded was recorded discussing, I'm telling you, you put a glass of wine and some fucking linguine in front of these people, and they will just gush about how how proud they are of their of their evil work. You know, the, the, it's like they're the stage crew that want everybody. Usually when you're in a, in a stage production, and I grew up on stage. Usually if you're in a stage production, stage crew is for people who love theater. They want to be a part of it, and it really is the backbone of a production, obviously. Bad stage crew means that you are just, it's just, it's horrendous. If you've ever seen a film, if you ever been a part of a play or seen a play where it's obvious that the stage crew is just not good, it is embarrassing. Anyway, you're part of stage crew. Your uniform is black. You are wearing black leotards, whatever the hell it is. You're wearing ski masks. You are trying to become really not noticeable at all. You are just the ghosts in the machine that make sure that everything looks right. The, the lights, you're, you, you have everything on perfect. You're helping create the illusion that people really are where they're being taken to in the story. And it's one of those selfless jobs where everybody knows there's a crew behind there that's making all this work, but they don't get the accolades that the actors do. I, at the end, sometimes the actors and the actresses bring them out for the curtain call and everybody takes their, their, <laughs> their bows and stuff like that. Um, but, but otherwise, you don't see them. If you put a bottle of wine and a bowl of linguine in front of these 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 lefty freaks, either at a social media social media uh, company or you know a staff for a major city mayor or something like that, oh boy, do they love gushing? They are not wearing the black leotards. They are wearing flamboyant fluorescent pink and yellows and oranges. They want you to say that was me. That was me. Hey, did you did you see that? That was me. Oh, it's just you can't you can't. It, it's the shaving the haircut trick with Roger Rabbit. They cannot contain themselves. Give them some linguine and clam sauce, and it's over. <laughs> Quote: There was talk about us just limiting the number of migrants we would accept, and I'm just glad that we didn't do it in that way. But I still think what Abbott was doing has proven effective. Like it's flooded our system. Bow says. We have more people in social services than we've ever had, potentially ever in history, so it's effectively demonstrating the strain, he said. Bao explained how the situation is not only a problem for his boss, Adams, but it's also for Joe Biden. The aside, uh, the aide believes this could cause tension between the mayor's office and the federal executive branch. Now, again, uh, maybe I- I'm, not a, I'm not a fan and I, I don't think it's a good idea yeah, causing problems like this, um, it, it's always fun. I mean, it, but it wears off. We talked about the the daisy chain of human trafficking from Mexico straight up through New York and how Texas is actually helping in that respect now. Now, if you are of the mind that, hey, uh, we are going down and let's just hasten the collapse because maybe that there's some opportunity for us to... Uh, 
for us to, to, to gain some localized advantages in collapsing the entire federal thing and colla- and destroying cities and, and all that. I don't I mean if you if you're thinking diabolically like that, I, I I guess so. I mean they're thinking Cloward Piven as well. They want to erase the United States. They want to erase the United States and they want to assimilate it into a more global structure. So I I, I don't know. Uh, whatever. Uh, it's not like the federal government and the state of New York doesn't isn't working in tandem with uh, with forces and organizations at the southern border because for over a year now that we have known about, they have been shipping in via airplane. Okay, a lot more expensive. Okay, first class flights overnight into county airports dispersed all throughout the states. Um, but this is a city problem. Frankly, I don't know how much Biden is going to appreciate having a mayor be like, hey, you owe blue cities money because of this migrant crisis. Like, eventually, that's going to make Biden look bad. We're a month out until midterms, and he's not going to like that. It's a very perilous situation for him, and I don't know that Eric Adams is capable uh, uh, is capable enough to navigate it. Okay? Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing he had to say about... His colleagues, about 1,400 of his colleagues in the city government of New York who were forced out of their jobs because they did not want to get vaccinated. Uh, listen to listen to how non-caring he is about the whole thing. Voluntarily quit their jobs rather than get vaccinated. They don't serve their jobs back. They chose not to do a very, very harmless thing that like protects the rest of society. I don't give a shit. They're like... It's, it's, it's something very safe to protect the rest of society. Fuck them. It doesn't. Even now, it doesn't. Pfizer's it come out and say it doesn't. How 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 can you protect the rest of society if you can't stop the spread of something? If the device you think everybody should very safely take doesn't stop the spread of something, how are you protecting the rest of society? You can't even protect yourself. But but there there's. Listen, just listen, just a little bit more. This is unfair. Fucking deal with it. It's unfair. Fucking deal with that. We're allowed to set the terms of employment. Period. He actually talks with his chin up. He actually points his chin to the ceiling as he speaks. Whoever the hell he's sitting down with, whoever the mole is, he's looking down his nose at her. Deal with it. We're allowed to set the terms of employment. Perad. What does the mayor say? What does the mayor say? The, the journalist says. He said they... She's trying to act liberal. What does the mayor say? Why do they... Why should they get their jobs back? They quit. He's like, the city is out of control. It is not safe. And I'm like, you're right. He did a lot of stuff as a police captain. Um, he was- now he's talking about the crime problem. They all know that the, the city's not safe. He was one of the loudest voices, like calling out various he was one of the elements. Voices, like calling out various elements of the PD. Um, like the police captains' union didn't endorse him in the primary because he like had been really aggressive against them. The cops are mad at us though because we roll back the private sector mandate or rolling back the public sector mandate. Like public service employees still have to be man uh, vaccinated, but we were requiring all private employers mandate vaccines as well, and we've stopped doing that. We've stopped doing that. I, you just all you have to do is just listen to the drawl, listen to that drawl. 
with which he speaks, that dragged out, lazy, spiritless, lingering utterance in his voice. I can't stand it. There is a distinct level of careless confidence in these fucks' voices that I cannot stomach. I can't do it. As they just skip about New York City, eating their linguine on dinner dates. I can't take it. It's the same reason why I can't watch press secretary creatures, any, any, any number of them. I can't watch the press secretary clown show for much longer than a minute at a time. If we were going to be stuck in a horror film, I would much rather have the killers, the antagonists of the film, have teeth-bared, snarling, psychopaths, knives-bared, ready. You just know, okay, those are the killers, and they're coming for us. Well, now we have to make some decisions quick, okay? That Jean-Pierre uh, woman at the at the White House, she's the type that would inject a lethal poison into your neck and then lovingly caress your cheek until you stop breathing. That That's the kind of people they are. It's like you're going to, I'm going to die pissed off. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to die pissed off now. She's, she's caressing my cheek. So to hell with this guy. Lori Lightfoot is probably going to hire him next week. Because, oh, I like him. He's cold. He's cold. All right. uh, Now we have this. I want to do this real quick with everybody. I want to do this a little bit. Um, there's a guy that went on Greg Hunter's show. Greg Hunter does that show USA Watchdog. I have, I, I, I've seen it. I've seen it around, um, but I've never watched it like from start to finish. But a, a buddy of mine does watch Greg Hunter a lot. And he says, Hey, Frank, listen, you have to listen to around minute 745, seven minutes, 45 seconds until about, I don't know, around 10 seconds, 10 minutes, because they're talking about whether or not there's going to be a midterm. A midterm election. I said, oh, really? Uh, Greg Hunter had a man named on called Bill Halter, uh, who was a precious metals expert guy. And um, I said, okay, well, let's take a listen to this. So uh, just just, uh, take a a gander. For those of you who are able to gander. Another, Another virus. I mean, who knows what it's going to be. But they have to kick the table over so that they can say... Our policies were working, except for whatever the event. And uh, which is uh, just starting off from there. Yeah, uh, th- that's exactly what they're going to say. We were we were coming out of that that uh, that recession, ladies and gentlemen. We were really doing it. We were really coming out of that COVID recession that we all caused. That we all we all shot ourselves in the groin. But then came Putin or something else. Uh, you have told me you cannot take blame. They cannot take blame. Uh, you, you've done this kind of creeps me out, but it, I, I have a hard time arguing with you on this. And you were like, hmm. uh, you know, talked about the November election and how they, you know, I mean, the Biden's poll numbers are nine percent according to my sources, uh, um, and uh, was was eleven percent. And Martin Armstrong's uh, poll numbers, he hasn't done a, another deep dive on Socrates, but he says it's twelve percent. So the the numbers are awful. I mean, the real numbers, and they know the real numbers. They're awful. They're not like this crap where you're, oh, the Senate candidates are even. They're only a few points off. Yes, I want to vote for more inflation and more destruction of my family. I mean, it's stupid. 
you're voting for a Democrat, right. you're voting, to, you might as well put a gun to your head and pull the trigger, right? I mean, it's just, I, sorry, I, I'm not a Democrat or Republican, but the Democrats clearly want to destroy America. It's coming up now. But, um, but, to, but I wanted to kind of delve into this whole, um, this, this credit thing. I mean, this is, uh, um, this is so bad. You were telling me in the pre-interview, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure we'll have an election. Talk about that. You're, you don't know whether or not it's a toss-up. Talk about how bad this could get. Right. Uh, probably, uh, I don't know, four weeks ago, six weeks ago, I came to the conclusion that, I, in my opinion, the odds of having an election are slightly less than a toss-up. And I still believe that. And the reason being, those who are in power now understand that there's an absolute uh, wave coming and they're going to be swept out of office. These people will not give up power willingly. So that's that's my thought process or reasoning why I believe it's even with three weeks left, I, I believe it's still better than a coin flip that we do not have an election uh, for what reason will they use? I have no idea. But again, it, I, I do believe there will be some type of false flag within the next three weeks, and they'll be able to say, well, we can't have elections. Well, okay, so uh, first of all, I, the reason why I thought it was interesting, because it's always always nice to hear that or, or feel that you're not alone and that something can go sideways and you... Listen, I, I, I don't don't go saying, hey, quite frankly, predicted something or what. I don't, I obviously don't know. I'm just, <clears throat> what it comes down to for me is that I am seeing a society that has reached a point where the rift between the citizenry and the globalist political class is irreparable. Irreparable. All right? They've lost whatever legitimate voting bases that they once had and I'm they're nor and especially their normally reliable mainstream GOP partners they're being swallowed up by this as well. I mean you guys see I mean even Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez going out for uh going out for public appearances she's getting heckled by her own people everywhere she goes. She's actually kind of losing it a little bit. Cuz she's never had anything but the this kind of cringy like love thrown her way that this is how this is how she's handling some of the people who keep who keep uh yelling at her for one thing or another this was just this was just like in, i don't know i think this was yesterday all right all right listen all right listen listen okay listen hey, can you imagine her being a kindergarten teacher that's because that's just because a couple of people who showed up to a local event were disorderly and they they don't have they don't care about anything she says anymore. Now I know she has a couple of million bubblegum brained uh, fans on Twitter, but I mean as far as real life, real life, I don't know. So I look at a citizenry and a political class that have absolutely nothing in common anymore, and that everybody understands why we are at odds here. I mean, no one with half a brain, no one with more than half a brain, I should say, believes that Vladimir Putin is the reason for our problems. 
and uh, and the COVID lies are worst at all are worst of all because they're coming they're being confirmed more and more every day. Now, to me, that's a situation which con- which constitutes if I'm putting myself in their shoes, where this is their gig, government, military, contracting, intelligence, internationalism, all of this stuff. If this is their gig, where all of their interests converge, as Carlin said. If this is their gig, there's, there's no room for being voted out. It's their game. There's no room for being voted out. So to me, when you see this happening, I just, rational, I just rationalize this as a situation which constitutes what is called an extenuating circumstance, meaning the conditions are ripe right now which justify action of varying levels of legality to keep things in proper order, where they can bend the rules, break them, or do whatever the hell else. I just see this as extenuating circumstances. There's no way that they're going to repair this. So election theft, war escalation, lockdowns of one kind or another, suspending constitutional function through FEMA, uh, you know, that's that's something that's possible. Any crisis which triggers the so-called continuity of government protocols that we're always hearing about, all these drills and everybody making sure that you know, everybody, all the most important people in government are safe, which I don't think that there is really any important people in government. If not this election, then I, I, it, there's something tells me. If it's not this election, then soon. Because where do we go? Is there going to be a, 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 a repairing of I, what's going to be repaired? So I don't know how you avoid taking this kind of drastic action um, if nothing in our society could produce the ruling class an authentic, favorable outcome. Authentic, favorable outcome. An outcome the ruling class likes, that's authentic. There's nothing. This society will not produce that authentically. They're going to have to intervene one way or another. So far, they've been able to do it with a flip of a switch here, with a couple of Ruby Freemans over there, a stuffed ballot box over there. You know, it all adds up after a while. But we are so far gone. And on top of that, on top of that, we're also so far awakened. It's not all doom and gloom. Uh, it's doom and gloom for them. As, as so many people have said, yeah, the world is ending. Their world is ending. No doubt. And it's not like they're, they're, they're going to leave the stage without kicking and screaming and dropping some stink bombs and grenades along the way. But that's just the way it is. So, I mean, that's it. That's it. Everyone sees them for the scum that they are. It's, it's, it's game over. Even the people they've promised the world to are realizing that they're only deeper in hell. The people that don't look too far beyond the pale and they just see headlines for what they are and all that stuff. They know what they've been promised over the last however many decades, but their lives are getting worse. It it can't be all because of the opposition party. It just can't be. They at least have to be working together in this hell. I mean, like I said, you see what's going on with the Cortez girl. She's probably going to want to make public appearances less and less. She's got millions of cotton candy brained fans on Twitter, but in real life, it, it hasn't been very comfortable for her lately. That's just what I'm thinking. So um, we will do a little bit more of the whole future of democracy thing with Kathy O'Brien on, because she has some midterm thoughts as well. But it's 724. I know, very long pre-show, but then 
we have a full first hour to stretch our legs a little bit. So we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. And just so you know that before the second half of the show begins, we are going to be jumping off of YouTube. So we're not jumping off now. We're jumping off at intermission. Then you have to go make arrangements to go to either Twitch or uh, quite frankly TV, Rumble, um, Rockfin, DLive, Theta. Just we're leaving YouTube at intermission. You're not going to want to miss the second half, so just make some plans for now. We'll talk to you in a bit. Are you a Chicken McNugget? No. <laughs> Aurora, are you Chicken McNugget? No. Excuse me, are you a banana? No. And black cream? You're broccoli? That's so funny. Mommy, yeah. it's about broccoli. You're broccoli. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's rock! It's 7.24. We're not late. We're just not watching the clock. Ain't nothing wrong with that, you know what I mean? Welcome to the show. It's quite frankly, it's 7.24-ish. It's 7.28 somewhere. All right. Well, what do we have up front? I have a couple of weird things that I want to talk about. Oh, here's one. Uh, that guy from New York City that was talking about it would be a very bad look for Joe Biden. Everybody knew what kind of problems the uh, foreign national illegal aliens are causing for all of his greatest big city allies. But I'm sure that they can do something to keep that suppressed. Uh, Not if Project Veritas has anything to do with it. But here's a little bit more on the Biden end that you probably have seen. Daily Wire, Hunter, Hunter Biden's laptop documents at least 459 legal violations, Watchdog Group says. So we're at nearly 500 legal violations. I have not seen anything about, uh, you know, about his working with Chinese spy chiefs and uh, further analysis on whether, uh, how much the big guy was actually collecting as a finder's fee for using the family name in an official capacity, all the other stuff. It, it, it's so so beyond. And remember, 
This is the smartest man that Joe Biden knows, according to Joe Biden. Hunter Biden is the smartest man I know. That was supposed to be his George W. Bush moment. You remember when George Bush, his little moment when he was in office and they're asking about Dick Cheney's influence and one thing or another, and he just cut everybody off. Dick Cheney could be president. As in, don't question the capabilities of Dick Cheney. That's how, that's how much I trust him. That's how, that's how good he is. Joe Biden, of course, just... I couldn't even call him the poor man's George W. Bush. It's just pathetic. Um, he, he, that, that was his Dick Cheney moment, only he was talking about a crackhead. Smartest man he knows. And also remember, as we go into these four, or anything about the 459 legal violations, also remember that this was all labeled Russian disinformation by a large collective of subversive intelligence hack traitors. All of it. And companies like Twitter carried water for those traders to make sure nobody was reading anything or paying any serious attention in the lead up to the 2020 election, which it's not like if anybody really was able to look at this and understand what this was all about, it would have affected the game plan, the time the Time Magazine game plan and whatever else wasn't documented in that ridiculous admission to election fortification. <clears throat> it's just that they know what they're going to do, and until they do what they're going to do, they need to be able to make the public projection of strength and momentum seem as authentic and pristine as possible. Because if Joe Biden seems like he's, he's, he's strong, if he seems like he's popular, at least in the media, and the media isn't running frantic measures to keep things like the Hunter thing away, then people are more prone to believing what they were delivered a couple of days after the November election in 2020. It's all mind games. It's all mind games. Now, um, they were helped by Twitter and the intelligence community because in one fell swoop, it's this is disinformation, it's coming from Russia, pay no mind to it, and shut it down on the internet. And the same thing was going on at Facebook as well. But here we are. Here we are. This is becoming a little bit more prominent in a time where they're obviously thinking of ways to get rid of the old bastard. A year-long exploration of Hunter Biden's laptop has yielded 630-page report that its authors say document 459 violations of state and federal laws and regulations by President Joe Biden's son and his business partners, Marco Polo. A nonprofit formed by one-time aide to former President Trump to enable a team of cyber gumshoes to take a deep dive into the laptop that the crack-addled Biden left at a Delaware repair store, claims that the report is a roadmap for local, state, and federal prosecutors to pursue charges. The group has also sent its report to each member of Congress. The timing of the report's release, coming two weeks before the midterm election, has a certain symmetry to the laptop's initial uh, introduction to the public. In 2020, days before the election, the New York Post published news of the laptop's existence as well as bombshells from it, but social media suppressed the story after the FBI had warned companies of so-called misinformation. Remember, they had the laptop, they had this information, I think they were sitting on this back around... um, what did we what did we hear? Was it around Christmas of 2019? 
around the time that they were starting, they were really trying to ramp up the bullshit Ukraine thing. When they were getting uh, Fat Face Vindman and all of his friends. Oh, boy. Vindman, uh, Alexander Vindman is probably so happy he didn't take the defense minister job that he was offered multiple times, like the traitor he is, at, uh, in, in Ukraine at this point. Would be, he, he would, I'll tell you one thing. He wouldn't have been cast in Curb Your Enthusiasm. He wouldn't have been able to take any time off to go play uh, Hollywood star in, uh, in, in Los Angeles, California, if he, were, he was out there in Ukraine fighting a, a war. This time around, the public is similar, but the other factors are reversed. Legacy outlets have acknowledged that the laptop's files are authentic. Twitter founder Jack Dorsey admitted that censoring the laptop was a mistake and the social media platform is being sold to free speech advocate Elon Musk. The team put together by Garrett Ziegler, Marco Polo's 26-year-old founder, has mined the laptop with digital savvy and um, produced a thorough report that is anything but vague or superficial, weighing in at one gigabyte because of the number of screenshots from the laptop. Let's see here. The report, which reviewed the laptop's emails, videos, calendar items, photographs, phone records, financial documents, and more, but also provided context and explanation, serves as a Rosetta Stone of white and blue-collar crime under the patina of the Delaware Way. The report says, We were able to illuminate previously convoluted network webs of people uh, leading the charge for global governance cutting through the shell companies and middlemen. Crimes Hunter Biden allegedly committed, including serving as an agent for foreign entities without disclosing it. Oh, oh, so he should be in, he should be in uh, solitary confinement with Paul Manafort? Should they be buddies and cellmates? Tax fraud, falsifying business documents. The alleged crimes also include prostitution, non-consensual pornography, and distribution of narcotics. And I've heard, personally, much, much worse. So, I, I, I don't know. That's one thing. And it's, it's incredible, I guess, just because they had more and more, they had more people than, than other stories working on this that they haven't been able to suppress it. And that's the other thing I wanted to know. Uh, when we talk about whether or not, which, which elections are going to be just stopped in their tracks... What if, what if by 2024, Twitter really has made objectively positive changes and so much has been exposed as to what, how society at large has been impacted by the way that that company filters information in the way it trends, in the way that it is, it is uh, um, viewed? And how certain conversations and debates are allowed to go on or not go on. What if by 2024 they truly do not have Twitter as a firewall against any kind of bad, uh, blemishing information coming out? What if? That would be another reason to freak out. You start losing your firewalls, uh, extenuating circumstances. It's serious. Because what do they have after that? Yeah, they have the Google search engines, but more and more people are not using Google. 
and uh, and let's be honest, yeah, people put in Google searches, but most of their time is spent on social media sites. And Facebook is losing viewers. They are they're just hemorrhaging users. It is it is MySpace 2.0. They've lost it. They've really really lost the plot there. If they truly lose Twitter to objective objectively good improvements and things made transparent and crimes exposed by 2024 that could be a major uh, reason for more rip cords getting pulled but listen to this here's another person who was hot on the uh, hot on the trail of something that might be disastrous to to Biden's public image and political clout which there is none left ABC national security producer hasn't been a- been seen since April when the FBI mysteriously raided his house. Journalist was writing a book about Biden's disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. James Gordon Meek, 52 years old, hasn't been seen by colleagues since April 2022. The FBI raided his apartment in Arlington, Virginia, but it's unclear why. Sources tell Rolling Stone, and the only reason why I'm talking about this is because uh, more outlets other than Rolling Stone have been covering it with interest and it just it it, it seems to yeah I, I don't know how to verify anything that Rolling Stone puts out there they're really bad so I just waited to see if more people start covering it sources tell Rolling Stone they suspected he possessed classified information on his laptop yeah w- what are they the pages from Ashley Biden's diary again Meek's attorney says he's heard nothing about it and that anything he's possessed falls within the scope of his job as an investigative journalist. Meek had been writing a book about the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan. DailyMail.com can reveal he withdrew from the project suddenly, citing personal issues around the time of the raid and hasn't spoken with his co-author since. So that doesn't mean he's dead and disappeared, but he's just gone. I guess he is. I guess he's disappeared in some way. The source said agents found classified information on his laptop. If that is the reason for the raid, it raises serious questions about the government's approach toward journalists seeking to expose corruption or wrongdoing. Well, again, how many times have people likened uh, the first term of a so-called Joe Biden administration to being akin to a third term of Barack Obama? And we have never seen an era of press suppression in this country uh, uh, since Lincoln than we did under Barack Obama. And that has been widely covered and accepted by by pundits and journalists on both the left and the right who actually just want to be able to do their job. He went after everybody. So... Thought that that was very interesting. Want to put that out there. If you have anything on that you want to talk about, you can call in. I'm going to take a really quick break, come back, and I want to talk a little bit more about uh, about the NHL and and how it leads us all the way up to Stranger Things. It takes a village to take your child. That's what's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Well, I'm sorry I can't be more optimistic, Doctor, but we have a long road ahead of us like having sex. It's a painstaking, arduous task that seems to go on and on forever, and just when you think things are going your way, nothing happens. There's no video of President Trump sucking a ding-dong.
And so what if there was? That's a lot better than World War III, Owen. I never sucked any ding-dongs. But I'll tell you, if they were going to blackmail me to start World War III about one, I'd say, hey, I sucked a ball, golf ball through a freaking garden hose. Didn't you already tell Der Spiegel that? No, the son of a bitch walked in there in my own office when I had splattered stuff on myself and I was changing shirts. He goes, oh, that's a good shot. Let's get your shirts. And then he goes, I go, hey, have some of this chicken and sausage. So technically, I said, Jones offered me his sausage. Yeah, give me a break, you son of a bitch. I like women, not men. And if I like men, I'd be proud of it. That I have a lot of them. But I ain't ever been in bed with no man. I've been in bed with probably 300 women. And you sons of bitches sit there and you play these games. And I'm sick of it. Quite frankly, listen live or download it and take it with you wherever you go. While you're driving, walking, working, or fucking <laughs> dirty dog. For all things, go to quitefrankly.tv. You like what you see? Become a sponsor. Quite Frankly streams live weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, wherever you get your podcast. So, for everything, it's quitefrankly.tv. Still look forward to working with you, John. I mean that. You want a coffee? Well, I don't know. Yesterday, yesterday, <clears throat> excuse me, I still get a little froggy after the uh, the week of congestion last week. Every once in a while, a frog pops up. I'm trying to kill that frog, I'm trying to drown it, but it keeps drowning a frog is very hard to do. So yesterday we were talking a little bit about how, about how the the NHL sent out their 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 I don't know trotted out their diversity officer to announce that they've identified the source of a major problem, a major problem, professional hockey's white problem, which is the 21st century version of the Jewish question. The whiteness problem is the 21st century Jewish question. And it's going on every day. Well, there's a lot of people took exception to this because it's it's just very blatant what they're doing. Uh, End wokeness on Twitter said the following: the NHL is 83% white, 
Average NHL salary, $3.5 million. The NBA is 73% black. Average NBA salary is $8.5 million. If the roles were reversed, there would be 50,000 articles about closing the race income gap in sports. You're damn right. That's another um, uh, another element to what we were we were bringing up yesterday. So many other things. Something else you should know that I was able to dig up here too. Pew Research Center published this in 2019. It was about racial identity and people who are proud of who they are and whether they whether or not they believe that their their ethnicity. Their race or ethnicity is central to their identity. Well, take a look at this. Blacks are more likely than other groups to see their race or ethnicity as central to their identity. A percentage of each group saying being one thing or another is extremely or very, very important to how they think about themselves. This is where it is. Black people, 52%. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's 74% believe that it's uh, it's important to their identity. 52% say extremely important, and then an additional 22 say very important. Hispanic, 31% extremely important, an additional 28% very important. Asian, 27, extremely important, and an additional 28 say very important. White people, 5% say it's extremely important to understand who they are and what they think about themselves to be you know, to see their their race or ethnicity as part of their identity. And 10%, very important. So 15%, only 15% of white people see their racial identity as, as important to some degree. I'm sure that's all by accident. I'm sure that's all by accident. I'm not even, and I'm in no way, shape, or form saying that uh, any number, any of those groups shouldn't value their racial background and and, and and count that as an integral part of their identity, where they came from, who they are. I'm not even saying that it's bad that 74% of blacks, black Americans, see that it's, it's important to know that, and it factors into how they think about themselves. I'm just saying, if you want to see who, who the whipped, broken little uh, toadies are, here, where everybody keeps talking about how the, the, the supremacy of whites is something that we don't even believe in ourselves or put any value in our ethnic or racial identity. How the hell can you be white supremacists who, 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 who barely even want to look themselves in the eye? It's so fucked up. Anyway, where does this thinking come from? Because I'm going to show you where this type of conditioning begins. Um, this was a great little uh, story. Uh, it's an article that was written at the American Mind, AmericanMind.org. Good stuff over there. This is by Peachy Keenan. Jeez. The headline is, It Takes a Village to Take Your Child. <clears throat> Time to sharpen the pitchforks. Hillary Clinton's 1996 groomer handbook, It Takes a Village, made the case that parents can't do it alone. You need an active and involved community to raise your children for slash with you. 
Quote, we all depend on the adults whom we know, from teachers to doctors to neighbors to pastors, and on those whom we may not, from police to firefighters to employers to media producers to political leaders, to help us inform, support, or protect our children. Media producers. Yeah, I need media producers to, to protect my child. Increasingly, however, the only danger the village wants to protect your own kids from is you. That is peachy saying that now. America's favorite supervillain, Governor Gavin Newsom, just legalized child kidnapping in California. State Bill 107 will allow the state to seize children from their own legal parents who are not sufficiently affirming of a child's misguided wish to mutilate themselves and destroy their own lives by saying, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl, and I want to cut my balls off at age seven. Well, that's when Gavin Newsom and a parade of armed men and women uh, protecting per, protecting a, a, a spearheaded team of whatchamacallits, what are they called? Oh yeah, pediatricians. Crazy female pediatricians more so that just love snipping testicles off. You give a crazy feminist pediatrician the opportunity to take a boy's testicles off, it must be like Christmas to those witches. Um, As the Federalist explains, California courts will have the power to strip custody from parents wherever they live who doubt the wisdom of these experimental and irreversible procedures if their child so much as steps foot in California. In other words, even if you don't even live in California, the long arm of the village can capture your kid in their net. Immediately after Newsom signed the law, almost as if there was a coordinated campaign by village elders, the American Medical Association issued a letter to the Department of Justice begging them to imprison anyone who dares stand in the way of them having full access to your child's body and mind. As Christopher Rufo tweeted, quote, the AMA asks the DOJ to, quote, investigate and prosecute high-profile social media users who share misleading information about gender-affirming health care. Transgender medicine saves lives, the medical experts and political uh, politicians scream at vulnerable patients. Quick, inject your eight-year-old with experimental off-label Lupron and synthetic chemical hormones before they, them, kill themselves. Castrating and sterilizing young boys is life-saving health care, apparently. Double mastectomies and hysterectomies on teenage girls is pediatric best practices. You are a child-abusing extremist if you object, though. I wrote last year about our own family pediatrician who is already shooing parents out of her examination room and asking teenage boys if they are comfortable with their gender. She somehow forgot to ask me, his mother, if I was comfortable with her unwelcome intrusion into my relationship with my own child. The villagers are the new monsters. In the final scene of 1933's Frankenstein, angry villagers bearing torches and pitchforks chase the monster to a lonely windmill. The monster cornered with his captive Dr. Frankenstein pitches his creator out the window to the mob, then dies in the inferno. Parents have been swiftly cornered by full frontal assault from all directions, and many are simply cowed into tossing their child to the hounds, who terrify them with misleading statistics on suicide and, quote, affirm your child or they'll die. They make the fatal or the fateful decision to trust the village. 
But the village turned on them long ago, and no one told them. In New York, the father of an 11-year-old is fighting desperately to prevent his child from being transitioned against his will by his ex-wife. It's always the ex-wife who has whipped up state law enforcement and medical authorities to help her. The village is the villain now. Hillary's book description uh, reassures us that she doesn't believe that we should, can, or uh, turn back the clock. False nostalgia for family values is no solution. Remember, she's an Alinskyite. She not only follows what Saul Alinsky um, uh, uh, published and preached, she was an actual one-on-one, she was an associate. She was a protege. She knew him personally, a guy who dedicated his work to Lucifer. Uh, False nostalgia for family values is no solution. Her monstrous creation launched a movement that was uh, was nothing more than a progressive uh, uh, apologia for the purposeful destruction of the American family wrought by progressives like her. It was a clumsy attempt to make parentless children into a societal good. Yes, we destroyed your family and forced your mom back into her full-time job. Yes, but don't worry about it. We are all your parents now, kiddo. We have teachers, doctors, media producers standing by to protect you. She insufferably dares parents to get back to work because the village will take care of it from here. This relatively benign 1990s-era mentality is now devious government policy. Quote, we will allow you to raise your own child until you decide to go off script, in which case we will be forced to step in and finish the job as we see fit. Buzz off, parent. Hillary created this monster, and there's no capturing it this time. As she wrote in 2007, republished edition, the simple message of It Takes a Village is as relevant as ever. We are all in this together. All together in the gulags, maybe. It's going to take a different kind of village to rescue children from our current monsters masquerading as benevolent leaders. They can be found in gender clinics infesting every major hospital. They run the American Academy of Pediatrics and American Medical Association. They are legally in charge of your children now and they are making the rules. You are going to have to harden your perimeter, seal the doors, tint the windows on the minivan. Do we need to burn our baby's birth certificates? Who knows? File the serial number off of the newborn so they, can, they can't be traced. Create ghost children who are invisible to the roving mobs. The gender fanatics have picked up their pitchforks and are headed your way to claim scalps and scrotums for their trophy walls. That was written by Peachy Keenan. And I have to, I want to read this and tack it on to what is going on with, um, what's going on with race. Racial identity, all this different, whether it's going into sex and feminism, whether it's going into gender, which is a targeted destruction of boys and also girls from a reproduction. They want everybody to stop reproducing. That's number one. But they need masculinity absolutely destroyed. That's number two. But this is all part of the same plan. And, um, and you, cannot, uh, you cannot take the, the, the medical collusion away from the education, the indoctrination going on in classrooms, and what it does to young children. Where uh, we were talking, we were showing before that uh, that uh, that poll about people's racial identity and ethnic identity, and how that really factors into the way they see themselves and how their place in the world is, and their their background, whatever, their past, their present, their future. Knowing themselves, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. But it goes to show 
who is encouraged to take on, I don't know, pride, and who is encouraged to take on guilt, and for what reason is that? I saw this today, and I missed it a couple of weeks ago, and I almost wish I had continued to miss it, because it's very sad. Stranger Things star Caleb McLaughlin speaks about racism from fans. This is the guy, this is the, uh, this is the kid who, um, who's in, uh, Lucas, Lucas, where is it? Yeah, Lucas Sinclair. He plays Lucas in, in Stranger Things, a character I really enjoy. One of the OG characters. There's plenty of useless characters in, in Stranger Things. None more useless than Max and Robin. Two, get rid of them. They should have been killed off two seasons ago. Anyway, Stranger Things star Caleb McLaughlin speaks about racism from fans. You know what it comes down to? He said he's faced racism from fans of the show. He's the only black uh, child on the show. The 20-year-old who plays Lucas Sinclair was asked how he dealt with being one of the few black cast members on the Netflix hit. Remember, this takes place in a Midwestern town, a small Midwestern town in the 1980s. He said his treatment from some fans took a toll on him. My very first Comic-Con, some people didn't stand in my line because I was black. He told fans at a convention in Belgium, some people didn't stand in your Comic-Con line because they told you, I'm, not, I'm sorry, sorry, Caleb, I, I'd love to be in your line. You're just too black for me. Where did you get that from? Where did you get that from? Caleb, who joined Stranger Things at age 14, is one of five original main characters. And this is what he said. My parents had to be like, it's a sad truth, but it's because you're black on a child. You're the black child on the show. Because I was born with this beautiful chocolate skin, I'm not loved. His parents told him that. I mean, and any... There could be any number of reasons why your line at Comic-Con is shorter than anybody else's, but the label Generation Z, a diversity-obsessed Netflix audience as racist, is unbelievable. That's sad in itself. But to see once again that it comes from the fucking parents, and where do they get it from? So many children are programmed to be perpetual victims by their fucking parents and their teachers when the parents aren't there. It's all the same thing. They, didn't, they never even have a chance. And he's successful. You know, it's like, you know how many people... I don't know. It's like the people who have body dysmorphia. The, the, um, the bodybuilders who look in the mirror... They've got 3% body fat. They're perfectly symmetrical in any way, but they, they can't, they, they act, they, they really cannot see anything in the mirror except imperfection everywhere. So they go to steroids, they go to surgeries, they go to implants until there's nothing left of them. Nothing. That's what, that, you know, dysmorphia is more than just, you know, we're talking about trans kids and all that stuff. It happens in bodybuilding and anywhere where people are, are putting their, their, their physical appearance first and all that stuff. It's a, it's a sick thing there where you can, you can be so, you can be the top 1% physical specimens on the earth and still look in the mirror and see a, a train wreck. It's a, it's a real curse and it's a problem. So how else do you describe this when you are an original character of a beloved hit show and you can't help but measure your worth based on your meet and greet line at some, some Comic-Con years ago. 
your Comic-Con line was short. You want to guess how many people would be in my Comic-Con line? This is on par with Meghan Markle complaining about being a suitcase model on Deal or No Deal and and not having any opportunity to showcase her smarts. She's a victim of the same kind of programming. It's the, the feminism version of the programming. This is the black version of the programming. It's a sad result. You know, white people are assigned guilt and self-loathing. Black children are instilled this inferiority complex that never goes away. It's really sad. Really sad. And we think that that's going to be, that, that, that's something that can be worked out at a, at a, a, a voting booth. It's not going to happen. But um, that, that just really bummed me out because I don't like seeing people suffer like that. And that's just needless. And it, it, it was done to him. Like it's being done to so many people. Anyway, 7.58, I'm taking a break right here. It's intermission time. When we come back, Kathy O'Brien is coming on to talk a little bit more about, you know, psychological issues we have in society and and, uh, where we go from here and even exorcisms, whether or not that is a viable way of reversing the damage of satanic ritual abuse. That should be a really great conversation I've been waiting to have for some time now. This is your time to jump off of YouTube. You can see the rest of the show on quitefrankly.tv, Rumble, Twitch, DLive, Theta, Rockfin. You won't want to miss this. I promise you that. We'll be right back. Sorry, Franklies. The rest of the show is available at quitefrankly.tv. Quitefrankly.tv is the place to catch the latest episode, the latest blog entries, links to becoming sponsored. If you want to buy a t-shirt or something, visit the merch store. Quite frankly, streams live weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, wherever you get your podcast. Now, head to quitefrankly.tv, and we'll see you there. Welcome to Intermission. We'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Quite Quite frankly, in Roma Italia. I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. 
Everybody. Well, listen, we are here on the other end of intermission, and it is time. It's time to bring in our guest of the evening, the second half guest. That is Kathy O'Brien. We just saw her last night. Wow, two nights in a row, Kathy. How you been? Great. It's good to be back on with you. I really appreciate what you do to arm people with truth at these times when they they need it the most for we taking back our minds and lives and stopping the steal of elections and and you're right there just arming people with truth so well i really appreciate what you do oh i, I that's a, a high compliment coming from you and i i gotta say uh it, as i said the first time that you myself and uh, my buddy rob spoke we we've we've known about you and your work for so many years so for you to even have a relationship with the show at this point is an honor but two nights in a row stopping in like it's mr rogers neighborhood <laughs> Uh, it's just, uh, <clears throat> that was just great. And you know, you brought something up here. Um, I, I, and, and I, we, we got your books and of course to, to, can you, to continue following all your writing about what is going on in society, you have a really great blog too. It, you talk about elections and everything else. And I know, I know that you have some thoughts about midterms. I personally have felt like since 2020, it was only a matter of a few short years or a few short cycles before we saw elections getting canceled altogether for whatever the hell. But what, I would like to see what you are expecting from this November. Yeah, I did just post an article on it because I've been talking about elections and how they've been rigged for years. It's been going on ever since the inception of the electronic voting machines mm. elections have been stolen so and they're rigged through um contrived polls to using the media voice to you know kind of manipulate everybody's minds to think something's happening that's not and to keep us all looking at each other like are you the one who elected them you know and then we're we're looking at each other instead of really who's guilty and it's it's a handful that steals elections we all saw that 2020 and i'm confident that they are gearing up for that again because they're trying to get people to stand down you know in in fear that they're going to be incarcerated or worse like we've seen happen to anyone who questions the narrative and the narrative is that elections are not stolen and they are and we know it so you know it's i expect that the people are doing everything they can to vigilantly protect it. People are gathering around the uh, mail drop boxes, you know, and just communities gathering around, just sitting around just to make sure nothing's done there. We are so vigilant. We are so on to them that I don't know what they're going to try this time. They can't get away with stealing it. For one, we overrode the rigged um, electronic voting machines by sheer numbers. We, we, we overrode the algorithm in 2016. So we know our numbers do that. So they have to resort to other methods. And mind control is definitely used for ushering in their global reset, new world order, and to get us to stand down. But people are onto that too. So it's going to be interesting what happens. People aren't putting up with it anymore, and I think they know it. They've tried to get people to take another injection. They're not taking it. 
they're not complying like they were and they see that so yeah I, um, i'm very concerned if there is going to be elections at all i hope so it's going to be an interesting time. I, I got to tell you what I what I was taking note of this time, uh, by this time of year, two years ago, uh, when we were going on through, first of all, in 2020, people started getting, we started, oh, this, this virus is making landfall. It's, it's, it's February of 2020. By April of 2020 is when the first whisperings of, oh, okay, well, um, we're going to need to really consider how is this going to affect people voting in November? That's the first I said, oh, well, here we go. Here we go. In April 2020, that was the first, tele- but it was a year, Kathy, of telegraphing. In that, that summer, again, Hillary Clinton, she was on a little bit of a television tour telling pretty much through open open public comms at this point telling joe biden never concede in a very obvious way almost like saying let the operators do their work be patient never concede then you had stacy abrams she was out there saying she it was clear to me she was assigned to drilling people in the heads about how we need to let go of this idea of election results that could be reached in one night. Election night is just something we were privileged to have at one point, not anymore. So right there we knew that it wasn't going to be one night, it was gonna be long drawn out bullshit. Then, around late August, September, we started getting through the media, through through outlets like Axios and John Podesta's think tanks about election transition and all that stuff. They introduced us to this concept of the red mirage, which was pretty much, of course, that there was going to be an illusion early on that Democrats would be losing in terrible ways, but then they'll slowly rebound and, and claim victory with just enough votes. So there was so much more to add to that list, but the messaging was clear. The plans were in place for both shoes to drop. But I don't know what that messaging is this year, Kathy. Obviously, we're, we're dancing on the head of several pins right now. There's the threat of war. There's economic collapse. God knows what the hell it is, but we haven't gotten the, uh, I don't know. That, that scares me the most because it could just be a mystery box situation. I think mind control has to be factored into the equation because they know that people will not tolerate um, following these leaders that we didn't elect, these self-appointed cabal. And so they use mind control to, to subdue us. And people stopped believing in themselves so much and they, they, they lost some of their will when they had to comply and wear a mask in order to feed their family, you know, and, and by having to comply, 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 you know, people just stop believing in themselves so much. So they really beat people down hard. And then this whole January 6th thing is more to do with influencing the subconscious mind and the constant repetitiveness of it. People have shut off their TVs, they're not even watching it. We no. all know it's it's a scam. We all know it's a sham. We all know it's just absolute injustice that's going on. We don't even get to hear both sides of anything. And there's so many facts that we all know about that are being omitted. But that's not, that's not their point. They don't care what we know or don't know. All they want to do is get the repetitive narrative in there into our subconscious minds that if we take a stand against rigged elections and stolen elections, that they're, um, that there's punishment mm. for that. You know, so they're they're using that to to help to to like make people feel um, 
less strong and a little bit fearful. So anytime fear enters an equation, that's when we know mind control is being used because fear is a basis of mind control. Trauma is a basis of mind control. And these perpetrators hell-bent on ushering in their new world order are going to use mind control because they know that, that we the people aren't going to tolerate it. And still, people are rising. They're so strong. They're making a difference in their community. They're going out. They're, they're dealing with their PTSD. They realize that they're not able to follow through the way they want to. Their memories are messed up. Their thinking's not as clear as they want. So people everywhere are starting to reclaim their strength of spirit, free thought, by writing out their fears and by moving a pen, you shift. It's a brain trick. It's a brain trick. A lot of people are doing it right now. And it helps people to understand what's really going on. It It's a way of critically analyzing information, rising above the fear. And once we rise above the storm, we get a clear view. We have clarity of thinking again. So people are applying that. And these perpetrators are seeing that they have lost their grip on people. So I don't know what they're going to come up with for this election. Um, I know that the people are, you know, mm. ready. They're onto it. They're awake, aware. This is not a close election at all. No. The vast majority of people are wanting their lives back. They're wanting their minds back and the justice system Back. They're wanting the schools back to actually educate our children instead of indoctrinate them. Um, you know, people are wanting that back. And this is a pivotal moment in election history. I've never seen people so interested and rallied around midterms. And that's because they're not going to take it anymore. They're that's not going to comply anymore. That's a big problem for them because I'll tell you, uh, and, and as, you, as you're saying it before, people are involved. Uh, the level of interest is something that actually works against a, uh, a, a group or uh, overlapping organizations of people who really uh, make their bread and butter with people being kind of complacent and sleepy and and just oh whatever whatever and getting on with their but there's no distractions left and now there is just so many reminders all around us of how the how poorly the quality of life all over the place especially in the first world is going how expensive things are getting how everything they've been promised for generations now is not showing up and it's not because of the uh you know the the, the pigheadishness of the opposing party they're starting to see that both parties are in on the same damn thing yes i've said that all along because i was right in the swamp in Washington, D.C., among these perpetrators, and they didn't worry about elections, not Democrats or Republicans. The New World Order doesn't care about party lines. They only care about who is going to comply with them. And even, even at that, they still, they're so criminal, they're so dark, they still don't even trust each other. So they usually use blackmail too. And there's a lot of blackmail going on, especially with the pedophile agenda and um, places like Epstein Island, Bohemian Grove, you know, they, they, these places that we hear about, they're predominantly used for blackmail purposes. It's not only a meeting place where um, this globalist agenda is discussed and business, you know, discussed on that, but it's also where people are compromised by the videotaping of the perversions 
that are carried out on um, in, in, in those places. So the blackmail is very much a part of this. It's very strong. And I think people are catching on to that too. They're starting to see how pervasive this pedophile agenda is and the sexualization of children that is going on. The pedophile agenda is a mind control agenda and people are becoming aware. Knowledge is our defense against mind control and people's knowledge base has really, really wrapped around the concept, whether they call it mass formation psychosis or brainwashing or cult or whatever term they apply to it, the fact is they realize our minds are being manipulated and we are being deliberately subdued for accepting this handful of perpetrators ushering in their slave society agenda. Mm. And people are saying no more, they're not gonna comply anymore. Let me ask you about that, uh, about especially about the, the the mind control techniques, and uh, especially when it comes to grooming young children. What we're seeing exposed, and this is one of the silver linings that we were we were able to really cash in on with with COVID, is that so much of the school curriculums or curricula have been exposed because children went home with their homework, children are home getting their Zoom in, and they're starting. To, and, and parents are seeing, they're reading yes. the books that, that are taken home. They're reading that some of these books are just flat out child pornography. Where you have you have uh, these these sexual encounters between adults and children. I mean, compared to what has been generalized and applied into American schools now in general. How does that compare to the behind the scenes um, uh, indoctrination and 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 mind mind uh, brainwashing that was going on in the actual MK program? Well, in in MK Ultra mind control, they count on three generations of information being becoming autogenic. It's the way our brains work. It's why. Um, doctors are passed, you know, down in families like dad was a doctor, granddad was a doctor, whatever, or a shoemaker or whatever. Why these things were passed down? Because not only are the skills passed down, but the information is, it becomes autogenic in the brain. Well, sexual abuse has been going on for so long, sexual abuse of children and the pedophile agenda came over with Project Paperclip because it was found that the ultimate trauma for mind control is sexual abuse of a child prior to age five while their brain is still forming. So pedophilia was being sanctioned, it's been sanctioned all my life. We're We're seeing it blatantly sanctioned now. But my father in 1960 received immunity from prosecution for his pedophile perversions and his child pornography of me if he would agree to sell me into MK Ultra mind control. And that's how I ended up in the project and how I see so clearly, now that I have regained my free thought, I see so clearly how the mind control techniques that were used on me as an individual are being used on the nation and how they're being used within the school system. With um, traumatic abuse comes depersonalization, and there's varying levels of depersonalization. That happened with the mask. People couldn't see who's smiling, who's sneering. We couldn't recognize each other behind the mask. And additionally, voices are muffled, and people feel like they have no voice anymore. Hmm. And worse, 
oxygen is limited to the brain for free thought critical analysis. And this was being done to children in the school system. This was being done to children they, they went younger and younger with the masking until it's like around two years old. That created a depersonalization and a heightened suggestibility on top of the trauma and the fear that they had to do that in order to protect grandma or to survive or, yeah. you know, or whatever. So we indoctrinated these kids with this kind of um, a depersonalization. They take it a step further with the, the sexualization and calling it gender confusion and just diverting away from the reality that it's our brain's response to uh, multi-generational conditioning because this has been going on for generations now and it's just reached this pinnacle point where they're going all in with that agenda and we're seeing it and like you said i mean you you observe things i love the way you think i love the way you observe and they, people did, they overplayed their hand. People did see what their kids were being indoctrinated with. Another thing they made a big mistake on was having people shelter at home. Because what happens when we break routine patterns, it causes the neuron pathways in the brain to fire in new ways. And so ultimately it expanded consciousness. Instead of dumbing people down, bombarding them with TV, negativity and the horrors that we all witness people were shutting off their tv their mind was expanding from the um break of routine and then they were hearing their children for the first time they've been working so hard you know and 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 trying to make ends meet that they were too exhausted to even be talking with each other that all changed so that was a, a dramatic change, a positive one. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking for this, this blog that we did. Uh, yeah, we were talking about fifth generation warfare and it was, it's a blog on our web, on our website called world war truth. And we, we got wow. all this, we talked about the, you know, what we were looking, uh, what we were going through and, um, and I, I, the first thing I thought about when you're talking about people going home and there being a, a an unexpected rising in consciousness, because I, I know that, in, especially in 2020, people I never expected, I'd ever have conversations about one thing or another that would be considered conspiratorial, hidden history, anything like that. They're 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 texting me. They're like, who? What do I have? They, they I I got a text from somebody I knew my whole life that said, "Red pill me on the Freemasons." I said, "What?" You what? I said, well, make, I want to know about, I said, well, listen, I, I said, let's not start there. I said, if you want to start off someplace, look into government experimentation on prison populations, on anything. You need to break all of your, all of your trust in government first. You need to get all that out of you and then everything else will fall in place. But here's another thing, Kathy, I hear uh, in, in this World War Truth article that we wrote, it included a headline about how we really started becoming the bane of the system's existence in 2020, 2021. The headline from the New York Times opinion piece uh, was, was this, written by one Charles Warzel. Don't go down the rabbit hole. Critical thinking, as we are taught to do it, isn't helping the fight against misinformation. Think about how desperate the animals must be to say, please, don't think critically. It's not going to help the situation. That's incredible. That's, 
<laughs> yes. Well, they know they're losing their grip, you know, and people people got really fed up with the fact checkers and the extreme censorship. And they started researching for themselves and looking further and expanding their their thought. I heard from people that would say, um, I heard you speaking 30 years ago and I didn't believe a word you said. I certainly do now. And it's like, well, I wish you had done, you know, because if I've been trying to raise awareness on this for a long, long time, this whole new world order plan that's unfolding right now today yeah. um, is documented in detail in my 1995 testimony, Transformation of America. National security was invoked on that testimony because it is exactly the plan that we're seeing unfolded. Time has proven that information too but it gives people deep insight into the reality of what's going on that hadn't been censored and that information actually got out there the knowledge that is our defense against mind control may have prevented this um this pivotal time this crucial time that we're living today mm. I, and um on that, I have a couple of technical questions to ask you before we get into the question of exorcism, because I, when you had brought that up, uh, that just rings a major bell with me. I love talking about uh, spiritual possession, exorcism, the uh, everything about it. But th just yesterday, I stumbled upon this article. I was actually reading it a little bit before I called up Roseanne last night. It's from studyfinds.com. It was published on the 18th. Specific memories. Now, uh, th there's a reason I'm gonna I'm putting this out there. Um, specific memories can be erased while you sleep using simple sound cue method. It's a study coming from the United Kingdom, and it says scientists report playing sound for people while they sleep that can help them forget uh, specific memories. While this discovery is very much in its early phases, study authors believe that their work opens the door for development of new techniques aimed at weakening traumatic and intrusive memories now it goes on to talk about how there there these doctors and these scientists are are just now stumbling upon little ways to uh to either detach somebody from a memory to delete it or to in in implant other ones cover it up whatever the hell now um i based on everything i've read just out of my own personal uh my personal interest especially the stuff that you've published and the conversations I've had with people like yourself as well. This sounds very basic and rudimentary compared to what has probably been uh, uh, mastered for generations. Could you speak a little bit more on how much more advanced the methods of memory deletion or insertion or compartmentalization actually are, that it, we're not just in the beginning phases of this? Uh, well, mind control is not experimental at all. It's it's um, perfected, and it was even when I was a child. So the mind control itself is absolute. As far as erasing memory goes, um, and and to help people deal with traumatic memory, that's just such a diversion for further covering up secrets and stopping people from identifying the perpetrators stopping people from remembering what happened with in their military um, traumatic experiences or whatever in fact the healing methods that intelligence insider mark phillips taught me are very simple and easy to self-apply where you write out memory and by writing out memory it's 
it opens neuron pathways in the brain so that it's not compartmentalized where it comes out when you're sleeping or intrudes on your everyday life or undermines your your life instead you write it out and by writing it out it actually heals the brain you can deal with it consciously because you're using the logic part of the brain to move the pen and then deal with it that way that is a way to free yourself from any kind of night terrors to lessen the severity because the compartmentalization is what is causing it to seem so so close and so um so strong is is that by writing it out you don't have to relive it and that's the best part and instead you free that from being as strong in your mind when the trauma occurs like my the sexual abuse that i experienced as an infant i couldn't judge what was wrong my brain knew though it's the way our brains work this information has been suppressed from mental health and from society as a whole the compartmentalization happens where the neuron pathway shut down around the trauma so the rest of the mind can function normally and it's a defense mechanism that we have and it's one that we used to understand so that we were able to actually work with that and write it out and heal and deal with trauma in a completely different way all of that was covered up under the blanket of national security after it came over project paperclip after world war ii and the information on that mind brain function was suppressed so that mind control could be used like secret knowledge equals power and why knowledge is our defense against mind control so we have this healing mechanism within us it's born into us we have just forgotten it after these generations like i said after three generations um knowledge becomes autogenic so too does the forgetting part so we need to be reminded on how to heal big pharma doesn't want that government this this manipulative mind controlling government doesn't want us to remember that they don't they are operating on secrecy and we need to know that know the truth so the drugs that they've come up with these techniques that they've come up with which is really the one you were talking about is nothing more than hypnosleep you know um they would have actually have to do brain damage to stop what they're claiming with this and they might have drugs that do sufficient brain damage for for all i know there's there's no limit to what they will do look at the um uh, lobotomies they used to do and stuff like that they don't mind causing brain damage well, so you, but as long as the brain's intact <clears throat> we can heal and we don't need those ridiculous methods that they're trying to sell and also to use those methods to make people who are credible who have healed people like myself look like oh it's just an old lsd experiment flashback or it's this or it's false memory this way or that ptsd time to heal the methods that i use for healing detail how to avoid false memory how to get past any implanted memory versus what is real it's like um television you know getting confused on what's real was is it really um the over the rainbow in wizard of oz or, or is it real life the biggest way for that difference is smell television mm. doesn't smell That's implanted memory doesn't smell 
So you use the olfactory senses to differentiate that. And so there's always a way, our brains are amazing. They're resilient and they have a lot of capacity. We do not need this invasive nonsense anymore then we need big pharma injecting us when we've got these amazing immune systems within ourselves. You, you, you know, know, what you're bringing up right there is making me think that even for people who have not been through any kind of traumatic experiences or have been trapped in, let's say, a, a, um, a an insidious government program like you were for so much of your early, or early uh, years in life, um, it, 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 it's making me think like the daily stresses, daily fears, everything like that. There's more to the power of journaling before bed. Because you, yeah. you, you're just talking about you know, the night terrors, sleep. You, I, I, I have, I have weird dreams. I never ha- stop having weird. I wish I just dreamt nothing. I'd rather have dream. No, everybody's talking about these these amazing dreams or flying around. I would love to have some reason to jump into bed early so I can go fly to you know Paris one night. I have these weird dreams all the time. I'd love to just and that, that, uh, I'm thinking about journaling by hand every night now, just a little bit. Do, do, it, it works so well. It's a, dreams are amazing and um, you wouldn't want to wish them away because for 30 years under MK Ultra Mind Control, I had sleep deprivation and extreme trauma where I was never allowed to sleep long enough to go into a dream state. So I didn't dream under mind control. I wasn't allowed enough sleep to reach that point because when we're sleep deprived when we're having to work more jobs than you know than we can keep up with just to keep our families fed and stuff that's a form of sleep deprivation and it makes the mind highly suggestible easily led very compliant so the the sleep deprivation was very much a part of my life's experience in mk ultra mind control so i never dream now my dreams since I journal and I wrote out my my memories and if I had a night terror I had a notebook right there beside my bed and I would make note of it and stop them completely my dreams are amazing so I trust that any fear anybody writes out um, you're going to keep it from invading in their sleep you know just write it out get it out of there so that you can have a good a good peaceful restful sleep rejuvenate and kind of defrag the brain you know and mm. get everything in its right you know and do what sleep is supposed to do and you might even end up with some amazing you know intuitive kind of kind of dreams that's very common when um when people sleep peacefully the way that we're intended yeah that it sounds and and of course i've always i think we you and i we've spoke about this the first time you were on the the power of written written out by hand so that's uh that that's that's really interesting and uh, of course i figured if, if you're applying this to such a catastrophic level within you know trying to reverse the damage of mk ultra then anybody carrying around the average stresses of life could really benefit from journaling and and digging deep into what's bothering them and 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 you don't have to make it's not what well, as far as last question on that that method um you do you have to in your in your journal do you have to try to make sense of what you're fearing or do you have to just write down what you're fearing just write down what you're fearing 
or um, write down what you're not wanting to think about, you know, or something, whatever it is that you need to get to, what's immobilizing you, what, what is making you feel so um, depressed, what is making, um, making you where you don't have the energy and, and all, right, mm. write that, but then add a solution, because that's, that's a brain trick right there, add a solution, and I spell it S-O-U-L, solution, you add that solution, and it forces the brain to fire in new ways. You, it, it takes you above the negativity and gives you a clear view, above the storm. You see so clear from that point. So always add a solution. What that does is it just exercises and tricks the brain out of the dark, fearful space that you just wrote about mm. and lifts you into a new direction. And in that process you're opening your own pathways in your brain and you're getting smarter and smarter and smarter the whole time you're doing this little exercise yeah that's uh, i I'm, i can't wait to to give it a shot i i like i like the little i like adding little things on to before bed um to do's anyway I, li- I like the end of day routines a lot and that doesn't seem like it's too much to ask uh, i do have a question though to go back into we're going into a, um, a a recovery mode kind of a thing in in a little bit more going back to some severe uh, situations, uh, satanic ritual abuse. Um, mm-hmm. When unraveling that, when tr- obviously there is a a spiritual element to this, we're talking about something that's a little bit more on the spiritual possession. You've been uh, the, well, you're when you're part of SRA. I mean, you are the focus of usually religious ritual and i um i wonder with that you had brought up how exorcism uh when we talk about mk ultra and satanic ritual abuse a what are the differences there and what is the proper role if any of an exorcist in recovering from the uh, especially abuses of of uh you know something that is ritualistic in nature and actually does seek to commune with some side of some kind of dark force entity like that well the um the dark force that low vibration dark force energies these these perpetrators i was around are definitely that they're not like us they don't like us they're um a very low vibration negative dark energy force call them what we will they aren't like us what they do though is they can't possess the human spirit because they can't they can't really understand it it's like such a high vibration to their low vibration Mm -hmm. that it doesn't work that way so they have a strategy within the occult ritual once my father sold me into mk ultra he was flown to boston where he was trained by cardinal law um, how to raise me in the project and i was subjected to ritual abuse satanic ritual abuse thereafter until um my primary mk ultra mind control programmer was lieutenant colonel michael aquino the founder of the occult temple asset that was proliferating on the military bases using satanism as a trauma base for mind control on our military personnel so he was trained at the psychological warfare division of the war college and he did not believe in possession in that regard what he believed in was a scientific formula 
for MK Ultra mind control, and that is to use blood traumas and ritual abuse is so traumatic and so horrific that it creates um, compartmentalization. It allows for heightened suggestibility where programming can um, occur. And as happens so many times to the ritually abused, then the programming would be that it's Satan, that it is beyond your realm to affect you can't do anything about this. Someone would have to do it for you, like an exorcism, you know, or so, you know, outside yourself doing. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. None of it does. And the reason that they do that is because it gives, it makes people feel helpless. And then when they say, "Well, I'm possessed," I'm possessed then it creates and perpetuates this this sense of helplessness instead of writing out the the program deprogramming the program first, getting it out of the way. Michael Aquino did not believe in the power of Satan. He believed in the scientific formula. And there's a good reason for that because it's it's very, very powerful. Satanists can quote the Bible better than, at, at least as good as any Christian. Same way, you know, Senator Byrd would quote the Constitution. He could just take it and twist it to fit an agenda. And he, he would twist it to fit the New World Order agenda. And Satanists can twist the Bible to fit whatever their um, their programming is at the time. So, then, so, so they it, were ready. They were ready for Christians to be the ones who cared. Christians to be the one who reached out to help survivors. And if they use the wrong rhetoric, it's just going to trigger and give place to the program rather than deprogramming it and like nailing the abuser who programmed it in they're the ones who are responsible and you know then we get to the question of you know that's really evil yeah it's evil you know do we call it satanic i don't care what we call it. it's evil it's dark it's low vibration it's negative it has no place in our lives but the fact is they have to use mind control to convince us of that kind of possession because they cannot touch the human spirit we have this amazing protection around it it's like every time i was tortured my spirit was always in a safe loving space it took flight people talk about that when they go through like a horrific accident or something and they, they it's like at the end of a thread their spirit is there it's because our spirits are protected it's like energy can ne neither be created nor destroyed. It's the energy of our being. It's who we are. It's the essence of, of us. It's our strength. And it's what these perpetrators fear more than anything because they can't control it. The only thing they can do is control our expression of it by controlling our minds. So I know from my life's experience in MKUltra that without free thought, there's no free will. With no free will, there's no soul expression, no ability to gather that strength of spirit and stand for what we believe in, no ability to even live life's purpose, which is in harmony with our whole spiritual aspect. So in healing, once free thought is regained, then the free will soul expression is 
exhibit it again. And with it comes compassion and care for each other. You know, when you see what's going on in society today where people are snap judging and they have no compassion for each mm. other, compassion is like the first thing to go with mind control because we're being separated from the beauty at the essence of our being, from the power of love, from who we really are. So doing an exorcism gives place to the program, whereas reclaiming free thought allows for us to have access to that amazing spiritual aspect. And it, I, I consider this to be a spiritual war. So we're almost talking semantics here, and I hope that somehow the words are making sense. No, they are, and of what they know. I, they are, and and that's that's the thing that I'm I'm most uh, I'm most interested in um, in getting right here is that the the reason why you believe or or the reason why you're, you're telling me that that exorcism. Uh, can and has backfired in the past for reversing this kind of MK Ultra brand of satanic ritual abuse is because that Christianity was merely co-opted in order to write the code, and yes. that yes. And, and that once you and that once you go in, if if you are a an, a Christian exorcist and you start quoting the Bible and and saying the incantations over a person who has been abused, what you're really just doing is triggering all that program like it's a booby trap yes it is exactly what it is and and yet the the intention that's there is is so good so if we can realize that booby trap and change the semantics and allow for um the 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 power of love to eventually take over we can we can um deprogram that program that way and then we find that it has no power and it goes right back to that concept of satan only has as much power as we give him so what are these perpetrators they only have as much power as we give them they only have as much power as we let them steal it's inexcusable that we allow them to manipulate our brilliant minds they're doing it for a very very adverse agenda and it keeps us from living our life's purpose. Right now, we're all here at this pivotal moment in time for a reason. And we need to know what that is and realize it and live it and start living the love that we are and reach out to each other and wake each other up, you know, with with compassion and, and love. But we've got to be able to get past the programming. So everybody, deprogram the program first. What is the fear? What is the trauma? What is holding us back? What is stopping us from reaching out to each other with love and compassion and realizing that not only are we by far the majority, but we have all the power. We have the power of love. We have like the light that overcomes their darkness. And that's where we win. It's where they lose. Just we need to remember that we we win. We already won. Yeah. And just start claiming our victory and stop complying with their their negative agenda, including their drugs and their pharmaceuticals and the stuff they're using to suppress memory. No, we, we need to know our truth. Truth makes us free. I would be stupid 
to try to push this conversation anywhere else and ruin that kind of an ending. So it's such a nice ending to this conversation, and um, I, uh, I I'm I'm appreciative of you, Kathy. It's been great to have you on again. A lot to think about here. I'm uh, I'm sure that the I'm going to be getting so many great emails from the audience. I can't wait to have you on. Uh, to, to continue this further, because there's more I'd, I'd love to talk about. And I know that you're always working and you're always, uh, always enthusiastic to be a part of the fight. So um, if there's anything you want to leave people with as far as where to find your work, I, we have trans-formation.com on the screen and also in the episode description so they can follow up with your blogs and your, your books and anything else. But do you have any other media appearances coming up? Anything you want to promote? Well, um, I've got a movie that came out, um, Trance uh, Movie, and it's also available on my website or through, through my website. Um, but I think most importantly, um, PTSD Time to Heal is posted on my website. It's secured there with a pay what you can, if you can option, so everyone can have it now regardless of income. Um, financial control is another facet of MK Ultra mind control that we all are experiencing these days. So I understand that. So, but it's secured there with that. So, you know, for people who can't afford it, zero out the total, get the book and apply these simple, easy to self-apply methods that will help us all to remember that strength that we have within ourselves, reclaim our free thought free will soul expression and our ultimately our strength of spirit and our victory thank you so much for having me on i love talking with you you're just brilliant i i love having you on too i can't and i can't wait for the next time and if there's anything i can ever do to to to, to help you out from over here in new york you let us know and we'll, we'll make it happen and have a great night kathy and we'll talk soon i'm sure yeah thank you so much all right there you go, Kathy O'Brien on her way out, and what a treat it was to have her here again. Um, all right, so here's what we're going to be doing. I'm not going to go on a break because it is 8.47, and I just want to get right into what you guys and gals are saying. Um, uh, I want to see what you guys and gals are saying in the Super Chat. So we're going to do that, and then we're going to take off for the night. Tomorrow is Friday. Tomorrow is Friday. We got so much more to do. Very interesting. Very uh, obviously, everything leading up to the SRA conversation was great too. But I was I was particularly interested to see about the concept of exorcism and using that to help a satanic ritual abuse to be put down or to to be to to break that programming and to make that part of a you know, a, uh, a a road to recovery. And I'll tell you why it was so in, important. Because just in reading Windswept House and understanding there when they talk about the, I mean, when you, when you go through that ritual scene in the very beginning of Windswept House, um, if you were part of book club, you know what we're talking about, the, the dual satanic... Uh, ritual that was going on, the rape, all that stuff. It was done in such a perfect, meticulous way. It was done in perfect, meticulous Latin. 
Uh, all of the prayers were said perfect in time. They were inverted. The gospel that was that was uh, gospels that were cited. Everything they created inversions, and that's a a, a big big side to the whole Sabbatean Frankist um, modality. There is creating inversion, and to be able to take the gospels, to take the Bible, and to invert its meaning to turn it inside out and use it for something that is so um, uh, so purely evil. And then to have any kind of level of defense against its reversal be in that respect that you would actually trigger a person by, 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 by repeating the word back to them. That's um, that's just double sick, just double insidious. How can actually backfire? So to rebuild the mind, there's other techniques to rebuild the mind. Then, of course, I guess from there you can rebuild your religious life. But I can I can understand how that is something that is just almost like a booby trap to make sure that there is always something to make sure that their work is a little bit more permanent. I, I, I that that's a concept. It's the first time I'm hearing it, but to just kick it around, boy, that's um, that's some pretty dark stuff. All right, over to, quite frankly, superchat.com. Let's see what people have for us. Let us see. Um, Mike and Robin, fabulous show. Truth will set us free. Thank you, Mike and Robin. Doc Keck, unreal, bravo. Crestmont Bear, an hour ago. Francis, thank you for making this so easy. First time donating. I love your show. Keep it up. You do great work. As for the Pete Davison question, I look up uh, I look up the Big Bear I interview with Chrissy Mayer. Wait, wait, wait. Look up the Big Bear interview with Chrissy Mayer. They discuss this phenomenon. God bless you. So Chrissy and... Um, and... Um, oh, God. I know what you're talking about. I know, blanking, blanking. I know what you're talking about. Um, I, I'll go check it out. It is a phenomenon. There's just something very broken about all these new celebrities. They come broken. Like nobody shows up. Like you see Britney Spears, like when she showed up in the late 90s and she still looked like she was just a, a child. And uh, then again, she was already in the 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 Mickey Mouse Club, and that's probably where everything was really screwed up, along with the Christina Aguilera. So I, I don't know. I'm just saying they didn't burst onto the scene pre-broken. They used to have some kind of an innocent childlike demeanor to them, and eventually they became broken people. Okay. Ray from NG, oh, that was from last night. That was from last night. Thank you. Oh, uh, and Abe was from last night, too. Once I get a ghost, uh, wait, wait, Abe said, I once let a ghost have sex with me in the college. It was beautiful. I felt so vulnerable, and uh, he was gentle. P.S., please don't read my name, because then if the Franklins might think I was gay. That was Abe last, I, Sorry. Well, he wanted everybody to know about what was going on. What was happening in college. I was like, okay, well, maybe the, if at least the ghost was a woman. 
It was beautiful. I felt so vulnerable, and he was gentle. The ghost was a, was a man, or it came in the form of a man. All right, over to the tips on Rockfin. Uh, Junkyard Frog says, quite frankly, drinking game. Take a drink every time Frank says cozy or one thing or another or any other variation of one blank or another. Love the show. Also, does prison landscaping do winter snow removal? <laughs> we go. Okay, so we've got an OG follower right there, Junkyard Frog. Prison landscaping. That was uh, that's a reference to my old landscaping company that I only had one client, and uh, and then we just me and my friend Joe we just called it quits. We called it quits. We 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 named it Paisan Landscaping. Hey, how about we do make it Paisan Landscaping because we're Italian, okay? But uh, you know the 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 when we made our f- promotional flyers, the font that we picked it ended up coming out kind of looking like prison. It looked like prison instead of Paisan, which we thought was equally funny. It's like prison landscaping. What what the hell is this about? We're just doing our time. Uh, Patriot Angie for Liberty says, Frank, I don't usually get to watch live and I'm just jumping on for a bit, but I listen to the show during my commuting to work, etc. Last night's show was banging and I bet tonight is going to be rock solid too. May God be with us all. Yes. Yes. Well, I think that we had two, we had a, I think this whole week has been great. And yes, I, I hope that God stays with us all. I pray anyway. I really do. Um... Here we go. Spud Hill says, great show again. Have to buy a drink for you both. Thank you, Spud. Kobe Wan, great show, Frank. Can't put a price on the sanity you save us, but here's 10 bucks. That is all from Rumble. And on to Pilled. On to Pilled, we're starting at the top. Doug says, great show yesterday. Just ordered another, quite frankly, hoodie. On the merch store on quitefrankly.tv. Thank you. Hey, it's it's Christmas time. If you got a frankly in your life, go ahead. I don't know when. I don't know if Abe and Cody and the rest of them, because all of that goes right toward the network production fund. Um, we don't make much on 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 merchandise, so we just we just put it into network production and all that. But I I know that they update designs every once in a while. I think that we have some Christmas designs, so I'll look into that. It's not even November yet. We're not any of these big retail stores. Lauren went to a, I forgot what kind of a, what store she went to recently. Maybe Michael's, some kind of a craft store. She went there with Aurora. She comes back and she told me, she uh, she told me that there is, there is already, this was October 18th. This is a couple of days ago. She, she told me, Frank, you're not going to believe it. Uh, yeah, Halloween at this point, if you don't have your Halloween stuff, Halloween's 11 days away. But still, over the next 11 days, you have to expect that people are coming in right now to get their candy. You're not going to buy candy a couple of months out and just let it sit there. Most, some people do, but most people get it last minute. She said, Frank, Halloween's been a foregone conclusion for a while now. They already have their Thanksgiving decorations and all of that on clearance said, what? Now, I understand that people try to jump the gun. All the Christmas stuff is out. The Thanksgiving stuff is already on clearance. And we are, that's a, that's a holiday that's over a month away. It's like, what the hell is, go, what, what the hell's going on? That's crazy, man. That is crazy. Um, 
But okay, Rattlehead gift. I don't even want to brought that up. Oh, jump in the gun. We have to get some Christmas stuff up there. Seasonal, quite frankly, stuff. Rattlehead says, have you ever watched Sleazy P. Martini's show on YouTube from Guar? You should get him in for an interview. Oh, we know all about Guar. I'll check it out. Thank you, Rattlehead. Good to see all new people in the uh, the foxhole there. Um, Sean Joe, thank you. Boys Blanc, thank you. River Pike, God bless, quite frankly. I'll take it. I'll take anything I can get. Secret Weapon, thanks, Frank. Witchy Poo 22 supporting the show. You always do, Witchy. You should be the uh, one of the unofficial mascots out there with Stostube and uh, a bunch of other people who just embarrass us with riches on Foxhole, which, again, also goes mostly directly right to network production costs. Thank you. Thank you, Stostube. Dropped a whole bunch of cookies on a whole sleeve of cookies. Witchy Poo again, and here we go. Great Thursday, Frank. Here's a cookie for you. That's from Stowe's Tube. My last cookie, so please share, says Witchy. And then Canada Egg says, great show, Frank, as always. I am I am releasing the scratching, and I hope you guys scratch your ass with it in good health and in good faith. All right, well, there's nothing else I can say. Tomorrow's Friday. We'll be spending some good time together. With a quite frankly favorite, for one reason or another, Timothy Alberino is coming back on. It's a moment of truth. It's not going to be the moment of truth. This is never going to end the whole cat thing. I was thinking about that yesterday. I was in the shower and I was uh, I was talking to to um, imaginary Timothy Alberino, bringing the topic up, and I realized no matter what he says, no matter what I say, this is not going to bring this to an end. Unless, of course, he just says, yes, I am a cat person. And then there's just almost like a pregnant pause. Like, oh, well, (laughs) what do you do with that? There's no more speculation. But if he denies it in any way, do you think that's going to stop the Internet? That's going to stop the Internet? So I hope you're excited for tomorrow night's show for all the right reasons. We will see you soon. Take care, and uh, thank you again to Kathy O'Brien. Bye-bye. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters, starting with Mike and Robin, Doc Keck, Crestmont Bear, and Abe. Thank you to everybody over there on Rumble, everybody on Foxhole, everybody on Rockfin. I will see you guys tomorrow, and uh, thank you again for tonight. It's Thursday. We've got nothing planned for the after show on QuiteFrankly.tv, but you can still go there and check out the blog, read some nice blogs. You can go to the Sponsor Us section, become a nice monthly sponsor, and get in on those Sunday streams and all the other perks that come your way. And uh, I guess just sit there, twiddle your thumbs until 7 p.m. tomorrow. Bye-bye. Storm in the castle. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye. Bye.